The VPM Daily Newscast is sponsored by Kanawa Capital Management. Your financial life is unique, complex, and dynamic. Kanawa Capital Management's team of credentialed professionals has been helping its clients build wealth and confidence through personalized planning and informed investing since 1989. Learn more at cancap.com. That's K-A-N-C-A-P.com. You're listening to the VPM Daily Newscast, the recap of today's top stories in Central Virginia. From the VPM Newsroom in Richmond, I'm Benjamin Dolly. Large, destructive semi-aquatic rodents called nutria are inching northward along Virginia's coastal wetlands. In response, the Department of Wildlife Resources is looking for legal permission to possess and release the rodent in an effort to eradicate it. Patrick Larson reports. Maryland recently spent two decades removing the rodents, which are known for turning marshes full of diverse wildlife into mudflats. Jonathan McKnight of Maryland's Department of Natural Resources is keenly aware of the nutria's northward movement in Virginia. It would take all of the work that we've done and nullify it. Maryland officials are sharing expertise with their Virginia counterparts, and the state is sending funds for the Commonwealth's Nutria Removal Program. One technique, trapping and tagging, has been particularly effective, but it's currently illegal under Virginia law because of concerns about Nutria fur trade. A bill to carve out exceptions for wildlife officials recently passed the House of Delegates without opposition. It's still being considered by the state Senate. Patrick Larson, VPM News. Virginia will not make restaurants and bars liable for overserving alcohol to customers who cause injury or property damage while intoxicated. The Senate Judiciary Committee rejected the adoption of a so-called dram shop law, which allows victims of drunken behavior to sue the business that sold the alcohol. The bill was narrowly tailored, however, to only impact businesses that served a visibly intoxicated minor. Democratic Senator Chap Peterson voted against the bill. We have been pretty clear in Virginia we're not going to have dram shop liability, and typically we don't have liability uh, for the sale of a legal product. Virginia is one of only a handful of states without a dram shop law. Lawmakers are reviewing a similar bill in the House of Delegates. VPM has learned Capitol Police are investigating an incident involving State Senator Joe Morrissey and the president of the Petersburg NAACP. As Ben Pavier reports, Morrissey is unapologetic about the encounter. Lafayette Jefferson is a critic of Senator Morrissey's push to bring a casino to Petersburg. At a meeting to discuss the issue on Monday, Morrissey confirmed to VPM that he produced a Facebook post written by Jefferson from 2019. The post compared Morrissey to former President Thomas Jefferson and noted both men had sexual relationships with underage black women. Jefferson said he wrote the post. And that's when he leaned forward and he was like, you talk about my family again, I will cut your heart out your chest. In an interview, Morrissey confirmed the encounter and repeated the threat. He said he felt Jefferson had attacked his wife. Jefferson says the senator continued to berate him until someone else intervened. He's filed a report with Capitol Police. Last month, former Governor Ralph Northam issued a pardon for Morrissey, a Democrat who was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor in 2014. Morrissey went on to marry his former 17-year-old assistant, and they now have four children. Ben Pavier, VPM News. We're learning more details about the two officers who were shot and killed on a Virginia college campus on Tuesday. Bridgewater College President David Bushman says the two men, campus police officer John Painter and campus safety officer J.J. Jefferson, were beloved by students, faculty, and staff. 
They were also close friends, with Painter serving as best man in Jefferson's wedding this year. The officers were killed on campus by a man who allegedly ran away after shooting them. He was later taken into custody by authorities and identified as 27-year-old Alexander Wyatt Campbell. He was charged with four felonies, including two counts of capital murder. Lawmakers have rejected bipartisan attempts to limit political contributions from Dominion Energy, one of the state's biggest donors. This week, House and Senate committees rejected proposals that would have banned state-regulated utilities from giving to lawmakers in Virginia. Critics of Dominion argue that it's used the donations to persuade lawmakers to pass rules that increase rates for customers. The company came under fire last year for giving $250,000 to a secretive political group that attacked Glenn Youngkin during his campaign for governor. It donated over $5 million to Virginia politicians last year alone. Dominion argues that the donations are protected speech and says they're being singled out. The former financial aid director at Reynolds Community College was indicted by a federal grand jury this week. According to the Richmond Times-Dispatch, Keisha LaShawn Pope is accused of defrauding nearly $380,000 in state and federal student loan funds. She allegedly used her access to the community college financial aid systems to boost eligibility for several family members. When they got the funds, some of the money went back to Pope and was used for personal expenses. The scheme lasted for about eight years. Pope resigned from her job at the college in 2017 after her supervisor approached her about some of these allegations. Chesterfield County Public Schools is launching two COVID-19 testing programs. Each school in the district will get test kits from the Virginia Department of Health's VISTA program for students and staff who have COVID symptoms or are confirmed as close contacts. The second program is Test to Stay. It's specifically for unvaccinated K-12 students who are in close contact to someone with COVID-19. It helps them remain in the classroom instead of quarantining at home. School officials say tests will be administered through school nurses. Both programs have certain guidelines families must follow. The VPM News team is taking a deeper look at certain bills being considered by the General Assembly in a new series we're calling Capital in Focus. Today, we're talking about a proposal that would prohibit public colleges and universities from withholding transcripts from students who owe money to schools. It's part of a larger issue affecting thousands of students known as direct-to-school debt. VPM education reporter Megan Pauley has been reporting on these debt issues since early in the pandemic. She spoke with our newscast editor, Sarah McCluskey. Megan, can you remind us what this debt is and how it's different from federal student loan debt? Of course. So direct-to-school debt is money owed directly to colleges and universities, not the federal government. What often happens is that a student has to withdraw in the middle of a semester for a number of reasons, sometimes related to mental health, or a student might not hit a school's minimum per semester GPA. The school sends a portion of the student's financial aid dollars back to the federal government or financial institution, and schools will often then withhold students' transcripts until they can pay that money back. This happened to 21-year-old Salona Perkins, who testified in support of the Senate bill last week. She had to drop out of VCU because of debt she owes. By being in VCU, I was in my second year, so I did all those gen eds and was going into my major. Without those transcripts, I have to take all those classes again. So now Perkins is repeating classes at J. Sergeant Reynolds Community College because she can't get proof of her VCU gen ed credits. Here's how Senator Gazella Hashmi, who is sponsoring the legislation to bar schools from keeping transcripts from students like Perkins, responded. We really want to ensure that if a student has completed certain college credits, that they 
have those credits in hand and that they are able then to not be trapped in repeating credits unnecessarily and, and further falling into greater debt. Hashmi said not only can transcript withholding increase students' overall debt burden, but it can negatively impact their long-term financial aid eligibility. And she would know. She used to teach at J. Sergeant Reynolds, where Perkins is now enrolled. What's been the response to this legislation from other lawmakers? So Hashmi's bill has cleared the Senate 25 to 15 this week. And the issue doesn't seem to be a partisan one, garnering support from four Republican senators. But Republican Senator John Cosgrove, who voted against the bill, voiced his opposition in a subcommittee meeting last week. I don't know what else is going to drive a student who has debt to the university to pay off that debt. If they already have the transcript, they already, you know, got what they needed to get a job. This seems to be the same sentiment shared by others who are opposed to it. But it's important to keep in mind, though, that students who are most negatively impacted by the practice of transcript withholding are also the least likely to be able to pay back their debt in the first place. And data from SHEV, the State Council of Higher Education in Virginia, backs this up. SHEV recently requested data from colleges and universities as part of a congressional inquiry into the issue of transcript withholding. And what the data shows is that schools were much less likely to receive money from Pell-eligible students, students who demonstrate exceptional financial need, regardless of transcript withholding. So far, the bill has cleared the state Senate. How do you think it'll fare in the House of Delegates? So that's a great question. The House has historically supported efforts to increase college affordability, including an infusion of funds to freeze tuition for Virginia students. And this definitely hasn't been a partisan issue. In fact, I spoke with Delegate Carrie Coiner, a Republican from Chesterfield County, before the holidays about transcript withholding. And she said she'd support legislation to get rid of it. You know, if we're not going to hold higher education accountable in some way for getting you to complete, then why do we allow them to hold that debt over you and not release it? I've reached out to other GOP delegates who will soon be voting on the bill, and I'm waiting to hear back from them. That was VPM Sarah McCluskey speaking with reporter Megan Pauley about transcript withholding legislation. To learn more about this issue and direct-to-school student debt, visit vpm.org slash General Assembly. This has been the VPM Daily Newscast. Some of these stories may have changed since the newscast was recorded. You can stay connected to what matters by heading to vpm.org news or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MyVPM. PM. I'm Speech Thomas from the hip-hop crew Arrested Development. On the new VPM podcast, Track Change, I take you behind the walls of Richmond City Jail, where I help four men record an album and hear how they're trying to break free from a cycle of addiction and incarceration. Been so long since I've been free. Subscribe to Track Change in your podcast app.